one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy and back in California, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. And we are here to look at Star Wars news, breaking news, or news we might have missed and have yet to talk about here on the podcast. It's breaking news from a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away, a.k.a. the Excel Center in London. This is kind of a catch-up episode, but also there's some things like we had said we did not get a chance to talk 
about or uh, discuss on the uh, celebration shows we did uh, in uh, on location in London. And plus, you know, there's a third important opinion and uh, perspective <laughs> around here that we want to uh, talk to uh, Jennifer about the news as well. So before we get to all that, and yes, I don't want to speak for Joseph. I'm still having trouble um, understanding what I'm supposed to do uh, now that I'm back from travel, vacation, <laughs> surreal, lost in sort of a wonderful never, never land of dreams over there in Paris and London. So uh, bear with me as I stumble through how to podcast again. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player or any other device you can make it work on. That's just my addition. Uh, that is uh, the Audible. But the other A we have up here is a very fun one, an important one, and it's, oh, we're getting uh, close to reaching a big goal, Joseph. What is our current ask? Our current ask is all about Patreon. My my personal ask of myself is to get through this promo without my voice cracking as I recover from travel. You are not alone, Ken. Jennifer also traveled, and her voice sounds great. Uh, we need to know your secrets, Jennifer. Anyway, uh, back to the ask. Uh, we have been asking for more support on Patreon recently. We have really realized that over the years, that has always been the most solid and consistent support that we need to keep the uh, podcast going. And it comes from all of our listeners and watchers and friends on Patreon. Uh, we've got a couple of great things coming up. Uh, we have been doing the Indiana Jones and the Perilous podcast. Uh, we're experimenting with Other Center, where we cover some things that aren't Star Wars. Right now, this Indiana Jones series is just on Patreon after Dial of Destiny comes out. It will be available to everybody. But our big episode discussing Raiders of the Lost Ark is coming on Monday, May 1st. So if you want to join before then, you can get access to that. Also, this Friday... We're doing a live stream for patrons of a special Star Wars ranked episode. So a couple of exciting things coming soon on Patreon. And we are very close, as Ken said, to a goal. We set a farther out goal than we normally do because we really wanted to reach this number to see if it was possible, if we dared to dream. And the answer is yes. We are almost at our goal of $2,000 a month, at which point. Jennifer is going to take some of her older episodes of Force Center that are these great deep dives with a humor and insight that we discuss and describe as NPR meets Star Wars and turn those old audio episodes into shiny new YouTube shows. Uh, we are very, very close to that goal. So if you want to help make that magic happen, you can check out patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, did I leave anything out, Ken? You nailed that. You nailed that. Just <laughs> like uh, that uh, restaurant upper crust nails long sandwiches in London. All right. You nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, so we're going to catch up. But the catch up is also some, you know, it will flow into the news, I think. But we do have to start with you, Jen. Yeah, we've been able to sit down and record just and I in our hotel room and Actually, it was Joseph's hotel room when we thank him publicly for clearing <laughs> table space uh, and uh, catch up. Uh, I did go uh, to Paris. Joseph and, and Sarah went to another part of uh, merry old England to have uh, a wonderful adventure. But uh, Jen, you traveled as well and you were around when the con was on, but that doesn't mean necessarily you had a chance to sit and watch it all. The time difference made that difficult uh, as well. Uh, let's catch up with you. How did Star Wars find you? Did, uh, did you get through all your trips? Because yes, your voice sounds better than ours. <laughs> yeah, I've had some time to adjust. I went on a trip with my children, which means it was a trip, not a vacation. Um, <laughs> 
but it was it was fun. Uh, we went to Hawaii uh, with family, and uh, and you know it was interesting because I was so discombobulated from the time change from California, and then trying to keep up with what was happening uh, his, with celebration. I really was out of it, and I'm like, what? When are these panels happening? And it got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'll catch up when I get home. And I, I made a joke on Instagram. I, I really was like, I was kind of sad that I was missing out on celebration. I enjoyed seeing everyone's adventures and and seeing you guys and Molly and Alex having so much fun. Uh, but I was there and I'm like, well, I'm just going to have a lot of waffles. They were delicious waffles. <laughs> my ties. <laughs> so yes. I drowned my sorrows by eating waffles and my ties. I might do that later today here in Los Angeles somehow. Ah, <laughs> I highly recommend it. it it's effective. Um, but yeah, so I was able to catch up on everything, yeah. thankfully, when I came back. And boy, they, I mean, I was like, well, what are they going to talk about? I was so wrong. There was a lot to a lot of news that came out. Yeah, our, our big question of are they going to talk about the movies or not was uh, yeah. resoundingly answered. Jennifer, did you have any Star Wars adventures in Hawaii along with the waffles and Mai Tai? Did you have any Star Wars encounters or, or memories? I didn't. I tried. And uh, there was a, a cab driver who was very nice. And he I forget. I think I had something Star Wars. He's like, oh, he was telling me about this woman who makes these bags. And I was like, is there anywhere? I was trying to think if they've shot anything Star Warsy in Hawaii. No, they shot Lost mm. uh, in Hawaii. Jurassic Park, obviously. Mm. Uh, but yeah, not a, not a lot. So I sought it out and I could not find it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was too bad. But uh, my uh, daughter found my Bib Fortuna action figure, my three-year-old and my Princess Leia action figure. And she was doing an epic battle. <laughs> I didn't want to disturb her, you know, as I was like, watching out of the corner, she was putting Bib Fortuna in hot lava. Uh, <laughs> he had fallen Ray had pushed him into the hot lava. Oh, yes. I was like, well, you know, maybe she has seen some of the Revenge of the Sith scene. I don't know, but yeah. it was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. She's, good decision. Not wrong. Uh, Not wrong. Can we book her for figure fights for our YouTube show? <laughs> I, I was like, this is a real good scene happening here. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, that was it for me. Love it. Love it. Well, yeah, I, I you know, I didn't, Star Wars did not find me. In Paris, not that it isn't love there. I mentioned a couple of times while talking with some uh, some uh, wonderful locals there that uh, why we had been in London and then there's some like, oh yeah, Star Wars. But that kind of was the end of the conversation, which was refreshing <laughs> at the time. Uh, I think I, you know, I can't remember how, how detailed I talked about it, uh, Joseph, on our, our Mandalorian uh, chapter 23 review, but I had, I had gone at such great lengths to, to, to mute it. I, I do recall telling the story, but uh, to mute the word Mandalorian, to kind of mute the word stars. Cause I, I just, I couldn't get to the episode. Uh, mm. and it was almost spoiled on, on a plane, as I said on the episode yesterday. But so I think that put me in a star Wars list bubble for a few days, which again <laughs> is refreshing. Star Wars, the uh, part of is a big part of our lives here at times it can be working and, 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 and work in a wonderful way. Well, Joseph and I, uh, you know, really uh, put the, the the pedal to the the, the floor there at, at the convention center, and 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 did a lot of wonderful work. Uh, but uh, it was so it was, it was kind of nice. So happy to say, Star Wars did not find me for a couple of days, which means I was able to return, land, watch Mandalorian, and get way back into Star Wars. I've been also watching the Star Wars Live stuff from Celebration that I missed, and great interviews. Just watched the Leslie Headland one this morning with Kristen Baver, and it's it's wonderful. Uh, the Tony Gilroy. 
uh, Diego Luna one is wonderful as well. Like, and I didn't, didn't get a chance to see this stuff. So Star Wars is uh, racing back in my mind. Nice, nice. Yeah, I haven't had a chance yet to uh, to watch some of those those interviews. We're gonna <laughs> talk about all all sorts of news, and it was some of it was like I'm aware that that trailer happened or that person said that thing, but I have not been able to see it. It's so weird to be in the middle of celebration. You're like in the middle of the storm, and like I didn't see that one particular tree fall over. <laughs> <laughs> I was in this part of the storm. Uh, a weird right. metaphor because it's a joyful thing, but it is like you're in the middle of a storm. Uh, yeah, Star Wars Adventures uh, uh, did stay with me. I don't know how much of that was a choice or just life. Um, yeah, we went to, from from London at Star Wars Celebration, we went to Nottingham first, which is cool. a, a place in England that I have wanted to go to for years and years because uh, my aunt did some research and discovered that our Scrimshaw family line, and I think just about all Scrimshaws that ended up in Canada in the Midwest and California it seemed to have come from uh, one or two lines in Nottingham. Wow. That's crazy. And, yeah, when my aunt first figured that out, I was like, wait, Nottingham? Sherwood Forest? You mean the place Robin Hood <laughs> is from? We're from Robin Hood land? <laughs> uh, so it's always been a place I've wanted to go. Uh, and, and it ended up being a, a really interesting experience because I went right from the thrill and the fun and the exhaustion of Star Wars Celebration to like, why am I in Nottingham again? Oh, to kind of define myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of Star Wars question of, is there, you know, a, a, a part of you in, in the places that you come from in the culture? Uh, so the very specific Star Wars experience that I had there is uh, we got a nice hotel, which was uh, right by the Nottingham Castle. And right by the castle, the city has put up a, a big statue of Robin Hood. And I don't, I don't know how much a, a local of Nottingham would find it to be true, but uh, Nottingham does pride itself on a history of social justice, of being involved in the kind of socio-political issues that Robin Hood was a hero of. You know, mm. it's easy for us to just hear, like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we know the story. He robbed the rich and, and gave to the poor." Uh, but if you put that in a modern context, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's a, a strong issue about uh, economic realities and about the treatment of those in power to the common people, and Robin Hood being a noble who's like, "Our people aren't doing right by." <laughs> Yeah, the the day to day people and and there's a statue, but then there's all this sort of um there's these signs connecting the legend of Robin Hood to the soul of Nottingham into uh, modern uh, rights movements uh, throughout uh, the decades and even mm. even right now they've got signs plastered all over Nottingham of like we are going to be carbon zero by 2028 and you walk wow. by them go like. Oh, yeah, far off future year of 2020. Like, oh, that's five years from now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was kind of just immersed in that. That was like the first thing we saw. And then we, we were uh, walking uh, to go e explore uh, downtown and we passed uh, a Forbidden Planet. And uh, if anybody doesn't know, Forbidden Planet is a it's a chain throughout uh, uh, the UK. Uh, they got a big mega store in London. Uh, I didn't know they had a branch in Nottingham. So I popped in and I had yet another of my great uh, Finding Luke Skywalker moments. Uh, mm. I won't repeat the story because I've told it on, on Force Center many times, but I've had multiple turn the corner, didn't expect to see Luke Skywalker action figure. Uh, and it was really, it was moving because it was, it was, I'm always excited to find a Luke Skywalker action figure. It was one that I haven't found on this shelf, which is the, um, the Imperial light cruiser from his appearance in uh, end of Mandalorian mm. season two. Nice. Mm. But he's in the package 
with the hood up. And I had been thinking on the walk and talking with my wife, Sarah, about sort of how heroes are crafted for their time and what do they mean to the people? And if a new hero is coming out, why is it a hero of the time? And, and who needs to see that hero and be inspired by them? And and I walked in and I saw Luke, my childhood hero, in, with the hood up like Robin Hood. Mm. And it was like this weird direct line between this ancient history of Robin Hood to this modern but getting more ancient every day history <laughs> of Luke Skywalker. And it was just, it, it was so... Um, it was moving because, hey, my new Luke Skywalker toy, uh, but also getting to the heart of that I- idea of the, these stories matter mm. and they're going to continue to matter. And to, after all these years to have even a fresh way to look at Luke Skywalker myself was uh, like very moving and kind of connected the dots of all of my adventures. That's a mm. great. It's a great tale. I feel guilty for just enjoying a ham and cheese grape. <laughs> uh, I also did a lot of that. I also did a lot of that. The endless search for for uh, martinis in uh, in London is in, in or in the UK in general is a, a whole other story. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was great, and and it, it, it was really fun uh, throughout the London trip. But to, when, when we were in Nottingham for a couple of days, went back to London, went to the massive Forbidden Planet in London and just I told Sarah like 10 minutes. I just got to check. I was in there for an hour. Uh, <laughs> they have the wall that, that we all talk about. The, I posted yeah. it on, on the Force Center Twitter, like a wall of Star Wars figures in a Forbidden Planet uh, employee feverishly uh, pushing past the children and the adults to restock. Nice. Uh, the shelves with with wow. fresh figures. It would. It, uh, it was. It really was like a. Am I dreaming? Yeah. Nineteen eighty three. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful stuff. No, it was a great time over there. Just when I had a chance to do a wrap up episode, but just want to once again shout out uh, all all the wonderful Four Center uh, friends we we met and met in person, and and uh, you know the 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 wonderful. I, I call them our, our United Nations of Discord, uh, Andrew, Greer, <laughs> Mark, and Ilka, who, who uh, uh, we met a few times, but also uh, hung out at the comedy show afterwards at the Harrison Pub. And just meeting those kind of faces and uh, Liam Tobbs, uh, uh, Tommy Valentine, mm-hmm. so many other ones. Lydia was there with her husband and, and, and brother. And every conversation was wonderful and warm and uh, some really uh, sincere words. I mean, you guys you kind of brought tears to, to my eyes and uh, I know affected Joseph as well. Just mm-hmm. Heartfelt messages of uh, not just the show, but uh, the community you all helped build. So it was, it was a ton of fun and, um, you know, sometimes you got to pack it up uh, and, and put the emotions in a box and, and try to move, move on. And, and <laughs> That's the, the, the post-celebration haze sometimes, y'all get in but you all made made it so wonderful so thank you all. yeah but we should be sure to deliver uh, uh those those words to jennifer there's so many people at celebration jennifer who, who who talked about um the impact of having a a fun and positive place to to celebrate star wars to critique it and tell say our favorites but also just to to enjoy it and celebrate it and want to make sure that that message gets to you too Mm, that's wonderful that yep. that's why i love chatting with you guys and chatting with all of you um you know mm-hmm. online that's star wars is a wonderful wonderful community contrary to what some may say <laughs> <laughs> yes yes indeed well let's look at some star wars news let's look at star celebration the big headlines um and again uh, joseph and i we did cover these we covered these um 
in uh, in our hotel room there. But but it also you know a little bit of time, a little bit of rest, and to, to look back, it's it's valuable for us to revisit the stories. But Jim, we absolutely want to get your takes. I will confess some off uh, behind the scenes uh, off uh, mic uh, information. I I just I was so exhausted when I tried to put together this rundown. So we're gonna have a maybe a little more loosey goosey news discussion than we do in other parts. But uh, for the first part of the episode here, we're gonna do celebration news recap. Part one, big headlines, and you know what did Jen think? The first one out of the gate, I think the, I think the main event news. There's so many wonderful things, trailers and everything of that. But when it comes to Star Wars, movies are important, and and, and we know now that we got three films in three eras. James Mangold will write and direct a story about the dawn of the Jedi. Filoni uh, will bring that's Dave will bring a big cinematic event from the Mandoverse into the New Republic era. We're going to talk about that. We got some questions coming in, uh, I think, on the Q&A episode this week, too, about that, uh, uh, about what um, that truly means. And, and then uh, Shermino Bidchinoy will go 15 years into the future with the new Jedi Order. And, you know, Daisy Ridley walks on out of stage, uh, on stage, and uh, we know it's going to feature Ray Skywalker. So that's some big stuff. Jan Joseph and I had a chance to, uh, you know, talk a lot about it. But we want to start with your thoughts on this. This was Shocking to me. <laughs> I thought we would maybe get some, you know, graphics, maybe a title, <laughs> but I did not expect uh, these directors to come out on stage. And I was, this was one where I was actually really confused because <laughs> I saw Daisy Ridley, pictures of Daisy Ridley on the stage. I'm like, oh, how nice that she made an appearance at Celebration. <laughs> and then I'm like, what? She's coming back for a move? What? That was shocking. I mean, we've been talking about this uh, Charmaine Obeid Shinoy project that was originally Damon Lindelof's project as well for a while now. Mm -hmm. Never did I imagine that it was going to be about the new Jedi Order. That Mm -hmm. was surprising. Um, I think it's going to be challenging, I'll be honest, because Mm -hmm. I think the challenge is to not revisit familiar ground, right? Because we're going to see Ray you know, doing what she's training, whatever, new students. If the antagonist is one of Ray's students, well, Mm. that feels a little too close to Kylo Ren, right? And and Luke. So that storyline. So it will be interesting to see who, who is the antagonist? Where is the conflict going to come from? Um, This could be one of the challenges why maybe Damon Lindelof felt like he couldn't make it work, or maybe he's just was like, you know what, my work is done. I've done my part, and I need to do other <laughs> things. We don't. We obviously don't know. Um, but then I started thinking about it more, and I'm like, you know what, this is actually a very smart business decision because Star Wars needs to come back into the theaters. Uh, it needs to to make a lot of money. It needs to make it, you know, stake put a stake in the ground, saying Star Wars is back theatrically, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a smart way to do that is to have Ray and Daisy Ridley, a, a fantastic character, a beloved character, a story. Everyone loves the Jedi or or not. Right. And I think <laughs> it's just it's, it's setting itself up for for success. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I think. I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think so. I, this is my I'm excited for lots of things, but this is the thing I'm most excited about because I love Ray, but, you know, because I love the Jedi. But it's also the the way that uh, Charmaine uh, obed Chinoy uh, teed it up in the panel um, helped to address some of the, the the things that you're talking about, Jennifer. Um, mm. Maybe, you know, and maybe that's just uh, it was a good spin and maybe those challenges will be there. But 
she really teed it up as like, hey, 15 years later, a great Jedi master is starting a new Jedi order and there are going to be forces uh, of oppression and hate. I'm really paraphrasing here. You can yeah. look up the, the actual quote, but massive paraphrasing. But but the, the spirit was basically there are always going to be groups who don't want a new group of defenders of, you know, freedom and justice to rise. Mm. And they're going to try to crush it because they think it shouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. So the way she described it was really external. And, and also for me, given her background as a documentary filmmaker, talking about real world injustice and the forces that always want to stop change and progress. And hey, you know, a, a woman <laughs> leading that change and progress in the form of Ray. She teed it up as this kind of classic. That's to me what Star Wars is about is oppression's always going to try again. Mm. And oppression mm-hmm. doesn't want uh, bold, kind freedom fighters to exist like Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, that made me so excited because it, it and then just as a, as a form of theater, you know, uh, uh, she was like, do you want to meet the Jedi master? And everybody's like, yeah. Oh, that's right. I saw that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It, was, it was so powerful. So powerful. So I, I think for me, it seems like there is such a fresh perspective. And I even kind of started to wonder of like, did we all get distracted by the way this was reported? Because it was reported initially as the Lindelof team, the Lindelof-led team, and it's Lindelof's team's idea, and they've attached this director. But the way she came out was like, yeah, Lindelof wrote a script, whatever, and it was a draft. This is my mm. baby. This is my vision. I oh, know what wow. I want it to be, and it's fresh, and it's from my perspective. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh. it, it made me feel like, okay, okay, uh, this is going to be something Something different, and, and final thing I'll say, and I'll pass the old armor talking hammer. Uh, there's so much to be excited about for me about this new, uh, a big theatrical event film like this because it's Ray in her prime. The, the mm-hmm. Skywalker sagas are are coming of age stories. Luke comes of age, Ray comes of age, Anakin comes of tragedy, <laughs> <laughs> but they're becoming what you're going to be. And this idea that we're going to have a main event Star Wars film that is basically what what Luke was to people in the Expanded Universe books. Mm -hmm. A functional Mm. Jedi master in their prime. Not the beginning of their adventure. Not necessarily. This isn't, it's not 45 years later in in old Ray going, huh, boy, you know? (laughs) Right. It's Ray in her prime. It's maybe maybe midlife crisis Ray, but not later in life crisis. Maybe this is, you know, Ray as young parent. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is is Ray with a mortgage and a teenager, you know? (laughs) Uh, It's a different part of life and we haven't seen, we've maybe, maybe Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars is the closest we've got, but the foot, but he wasn't the main character. That journey, that challenge wasn't the focus. That's what I'm so excited about. Mm. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, a great way. And I'll get your thoughts on that, Jen, too. But that's kind of where my heart's been going a, a week or so after the announcement is uh, we didn't get that chance with Luke outside of the books, right? Which are, which are pretty powerful uh, and, and, and people have strong connections to them, which is mm-hmm. also why when episode seven shows up and eight and there's a different take on it. Um, I understand where that level of you know, maybe disappointment and, and, and even frustration came from the other, the other stuff that exploded out after that we've discussed for years, but I get it. And, and I think um, it's a wonderful rare opportunity to, Hey, we, we established these, this era, uh, seven, eight, nine, this character among other characters. We'll talk about that, I think, but other, uh, you know, and, and now we get to go forward. 
And we get to go forward now, whenever, uh, 2025, 27, 29, I don't know, whenever this movie comes out, we get the chance to go forward. And, and exactly what you're saying, Joseph, uh, to see this character progress, progress and, and naturally in our own time, right? <laughs> in our own <laughs> era. Um, we, you know, as if, this is as if George decided in 1993, you know what? Episode seven sounds good to me right now, you know, and, and we mm. had a younger Mark Hamill uh, at that time with, with a, a, a Luke Skywalker in that era. Now we're getting a lot of that with the New Republic era and the Mandoverse, of course, but we get to do this and we get to do this with the performer that uh, we all um, rallied behind and, and so many of us love and, and so many of us are influenced by. And that was great. And the other side, uh, um, with with Charmaine, I think you're very very right, Joseph. This is why you know some of this news was absolutely out there as rumors about what they were going to say and what they were going to announce. We totally understand that, uh, but I think sometimes with that the way that the news is discussed, and I've said this before in other places, the way it's kind of weaponized at times against even the fandom or Kathleen Kennedy or Lucasfilm, that's a whole other thing. Now to actually get it, and here's the news, and it is official. Yeah, maybe some of the rumors might have been uh, roughly right, but now we get the end result is more important to me. And you get this director and this storyteller and this documentary filmmaker, Shermin Obed-Chinoy, who has something to say. And there was this great little interview with Kristen Baver and Kathleen Kennedy. Again, I'm just catching up on all the, the interviews I missed. Kathleen's been asked this before. I think she said this kind of stuff before, but Kristen Baver said, hey, as the, story, as, as, as the eras go on and new filmmakers come on, what do you look for? And Kathleen uh, kind of dressed, you know, are they, a lot of them are Star Wars fans. Yeah, yeah that's kind of where we're in. But, but I, the second question I asked them is, what do you have to say? Mm. And that is what it's about, is what Kathleen said. That's it's yeah. always about that. And and yeah, uh, to your point, Jan, I think there is some stuff about the conflict might come from within, not necessarily the Jedi, but maybe the government. I keep looking at it as yeah, there might be dark side users, but it just might be another form of the dark side, you know, bureaucracy, mm-hmm. uh, people who are mm-hmm. supposed to change. We don't know. We're so far out from it, of course. I do think there'll be someone that looks evil and bad and maybe a cape, of course. Of course. But I think it's a different take on it because Charmaine has something to say about it. And and that's why I'm really excited. A week later, a lot of plane flights to think about it. That's where I'm at with it. I love that. It totally changes my whole perspective because I was believing that narrative that we saw in the news, which is what, you know, Damon, Damon Lindelof, but it makes sense. Of course, it's her vision. She is the freaking director, right? I mean, and that's, we look at all these directors and they all have a very specific vision point of view, whether it's Leslie Headland, whether it's Ryan Johnson, whether it's, you know, they all have their thing that they want to say about John Favreau, Dave Filoni. And that's why I love this era of Star Wars is because, and that's why we love George Lucas, right? (laughs) They're not just going to hire just some, some person to come and execute this, that they're hiring creators who are passionate, who are storytellers. So I'm, I'm on board. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. And, and, and one, again, Kathleen Kennedy said something again that I, I know she said before, but it's just when you're watching something and you're thinking about the news, we're going to discuss it. She's like, you know, one of the last things George told me is these stories have to matter. Mm-hmm. And of course that makes sense. Yes. You're telling stories, but I, I, I you know, over the course of history, blockbusters, there's been art out there that doesn't seem to matter as much. Right. I get it. I get it. But Star Wars always has a punch to it, uh, an emotional punch. And, I'm excited about that there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, final thought for me. Uh, I know I, I fully acknowledge this is my second final thought, but I'm very excited about this one. I'll try, to, I'll try to contain myself with two final thoughts. Uh, I, I, I am hopeful that this is going to be a celebration of the difficult path of being a Jedi. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, Leslie Headland has has made some headlines um, by discussing the acolyte being set in a time where the Jedi are faltering and, and we're hearing the perspective of the bad guys. So it is going to be critical of the Jedi, just like the prequel era is, just like um, mm-hmm. The Last Jedi spent some time questioning the Jedi. I think everybody, not everybody, excuse mm-hmm. me, uh, many people lose the thread that it affirms the Jedi by the end of the film, but it spends <laughs> a, a good amount of time uh, questioning the Jedi. I feel like this story might be poised to say, yep, walking the light side is a difficult path saying I have this connection. I have this power uh, and I'm going to choose to use it. I'm going to choose when I need to intervene in a conflict. Of course, mm. that's a difficult path and you can overstep and you can abuse your power and you can become afraid and rigid and controlling and all these things that, that, that we've seen the Jedi falter. But also it seems like it's coming from the perspective of this is a fresh new Jedi order and take a big step back and, if you have power, you should use it to help other people. Hmm. And it, you can make missteps along the path. But I think it's been a little while since we've really, really celebrated that positive perspective of the Jedi of, of course, if you have power, you should use it to help people. Mm-hmm. And now there's some of the force that thinks we, we don't want these space wizards helping other people. Yeah. It, it, it gets me excited that it could be a little bit more of a celebration of the Jedi. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and hopefully more to come. Uh, one, not final thought, but maybe one final <laughs> thing in this. I do want to get Ben's opinion on this. And Joseph, I think you and I touched upon it a little bit. Maybe, maybe it's a chance to to talk more about it here. It's, it's what I'm calling the Finn factor. And mm. immediately there was a call for, hey, you know, great. Well, what about Finn and his uh, force abilities? And uh, you know, we saw in the Lego holiday special, he's getting some training, you know, canon adjacent as it will. But you, you get an idea that could be possible. And the John Boyega factor, and you know, plus we're we're, we're kind of in his uh, his home in a sense, right? A lot of a lot of Boyega fans there, as there should be. Uh, so that came up, and, and I think Joseph, it helped me if I missed something that we said, but we both kind of have the perspective. Never want to speak to you, but the perspective of hey, yes, absolutely, that'd be wonderful. Um, but maybe check in on him and see where he is with it, and see where he wants to be with it. He said some shared some real hard truths about his experience. He's also said several times, I'm a fan. I'm watching the shows because I've always been a Star Wars fan. So there could be a path forward. Daisy comes back to a story that brings her back, right? I, I don't I don't think her as, a, as an actor, as an artist would just come back. Um, this is not a paycheck that she needs to cash. I don't, I don't know her finances, but I'm guessing she's <laughs> be okay if she doesn't do this, but, but she, a story brought her back and something, if, if Finn's going to be there, it would be Boyega's decision to me, right? Um, mm-hmm. say, I want to go back into this and this is a lot. Um, and, and I try, I try to be respectful because, you know, a lot of times I've even experienced recently with some frayed friendships and frayed former uh, colleagues and business associates. And y'all out there might not know. And you might tweet me, Hey, how come you, where, are you going to go on that show? Or, Hey, are you in this picture together with this person? Why aren't you there? And it's like, Hey, how do I politely say it's a tough time for both of us? Hmm. <laughs> and that isn't what you what what it was or what you think it is and i just look at bag and go i want to make sure you know john wants to come back before i tweet hashtag where's finn or something like that mm-hmm. um, yeah thought. but jen we want to get your thoughts on there but joseph i also never want to speak for you is, is, is am i relatively close <laughs> i think so i think the thing for me is is um patience um mm-hmm. I understand if John Boyega does want to be back, because I think that is the the first thing he he has been saying more positive things lately, but he was honest about some up and down with the experience. So the very first thing is, does he want to be involved? Uh, if he wants to be involved, great. 
I understand the clamoring for Finn. I want more Finn storytelling. It is a logical thing to think, is he a part of Rey's Jedi Order? Um, Maybe he will be, but a a couple things that occur to me is we don't know the plan for these movies. We don't know if the intention is this is a one-off and we'll Mm. see where it goes. This is a one-off with the door open. You know, they're not in the business at this point of announcing trilogies, you know? Right. Right. It's just not, it's just not the, it, that's not the way the movie business works. Uh, I, I would right now, I would refer to uh, the different people who have announced cinematic universes. Remember the monster verse. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. It existed for a movie and a half, I believe. Anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> that w- what leads me to my bigger picture is the decision to say, we're going to put a dot on the timeline. We're going to jump forward 15 years, which means now we have 15 years of storytelling of what could be happening with Ray, with Finn, with Poe, with Rose, with Larmandassi. Robert uh, <laughs> Dan. With, yeah, we, <laughs> get them all in there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, finally, the Constable Zuvio Disney Plus show. Oh, my um, gosh. It, it gives me great hope for Finn. I, I really respect people who connect to Finn and want him included yeah. in this announcement. But what I hear is there's 15 years of storytelling for what happened to Finn. And maybe Finn gets his own movie. Maybe Finn gets his own Disney Plus show that this creates Mm -hmm. more space and interest in this era. And that means the possibility of Finn. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. All right. So Jen, the talking hammer is now yours. Yeah. Go. Yeah. No, I I think you're you're both so right. And I think John Boyega, like he's not going to come back if the story is not right. And I don't think they're going to bring him back unless the story is right. Everyone is on the same page with that. And I think you're right. I think it could be he shows up in his own Disney Plus show. He could it could be the second movie if this is going to become a trilogy. There the the possibilities are endless. They are not done with this character. I don't believe that they are and I don't think he's done with this character either. But I think that they're going to, you know, they they've taken this time to get the movie right, they're going to take their time making the story right for Finn. Yeah. 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 No, great stuff there. Great stuff there on that one, but that's not all. That's not all the movies. Uh, no final thoughts on that one. This, this round we get, we got not more thoughts here, Jen. Uh, uh, you know, let's, let's go to um, the one that's uh, uh, maybe top of mind for a lot of folks because we're enjoying another season of Mandalorian. we got Ahsoka coming. Uh, this uh, Dave Filoni uh, directing a, a big picture. He's going to the pictures. He's going straight to the pictures, kids. Uh, at a, a, a cinematic, climactic event from the Mandoverse uh, in this kind of, not definitely not newly branded, but this really, the emphasis on the New Republic era. Your thoughts on, on this one, Jen, as well? I'm really excited for this one as well because it it just makes sense story wise. Um, they've been planting the seeds in the Mandalorian, you know, where we're seeing the cracks in the New Republic, the problems, the flaws, and for me, it's actually been the storyline that I've been most interested in seeing. Um, I think it was two episodes ago where it really, or maybe three episodes ago, it really felt like a spy thriller. I just, mm. there's just so many possibilities. Could this be where we also get that Avengers style <laughs> Mandoverse team up? That I've been randomly speculating about, I don't know, but I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see that Dave Filoni is, is in charge of this. Um, he really knows how to mesh the lore with uh with the love of star wars and the fun and the adventure he's so great at that so yeah this was this was very exciting news 
Very exciting news indeed. And um, I still don't know. I'm I, I'm excited. The, the excitement's grown a week out of just like, I, you know, I'm watching the show. I'm, I can't wait for Ahsoka. I'm more excited for Ahsoka than uh, I've ever been coming out of Celebration. Love, love mm. the stuff I saw and heard from them. I just don't know what this might be. And that's fun for me. Uh, that's exciting. And yeah, Dave clearly read Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising. <laughs> How much of that is going to be pulled in and, and all those kind of things. Um as far as the, uh, the Avengers side of it here, I think it was, and I want to, I want to make a, a correction on our final um, episode at Celebration. I had half looked at some news and attributed a quote to Dave Filoni. That's actually again from Kathleen Ken- Kennedy when asked about this Avengers style movie. She said, "Well, that's not exactly what I would call it." Um, <laughs> uh, some people, you know, might be there type of thing. And I, I, I had a lot of fun thinking that was from Dave, and I'm sure Dave probably has that thought too. Uh, but uh, it was from Kathleen, so I want to make sure I give her credit where credit is due. Um, but any, anyways, I'm Joseph. I'm excited about the great unknown, even a week out, uh, even though I'm watching the show and I think I might know where, where they're going. I really don't. And that's kind of, <laughs> hmm. yeah, I think the biggest question for me is how much story is being told in these Disney plus series. Uh, obviously the Ahsoka trailer we'll talk about, but she does the direct, uh, uh, throw on my return as some heir to the empire, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wink. Uh, you know, <laughs> wink, yeah, force yeah. wink. Um, yeah. So how much of like, I think that made people excited for old, uh, uh, the Ahsoka show is dealing with the Thrawn threat. But then what I believe Filoni said on stage is that the film is the a New Republic showdown with an Imperial remnant. Um, yeah. mm. The official text from Lucasfilm, the summary uh, on, on, the, on the old website uh, says, Dave Filoni's uh, film will focus on the New Republic and close out the interconnected stories told in The Mandalorian, the book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and other Disney Plus series. So I, I think a wooga, a wooga, d- d- dangerous speculation. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think all of us are going to Avengers. We had a bunch of conversations, Jennifer, with people about that at <laughs> celebration of like, who else is going to be there? I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm obsessed for some reason with the with Boba Fett standing there and Zeb shows up and Boba Fett's like, who the hell is this? Um, <laughs> I don't know oh why I'm obsessed with, with that team up, but, but I think other people are like direct, in, uh, you know, adaptation of heir to the empire. And I feel like w- w- we're all seeing little, little threads and we're pulling them real hard. Yeah. What, what's, what's being said is it is a culmination of the interconnected story and the focus is the new Republic. So to me, what I hear is, Filoni's film will most likely be about the the uh, the storytelling threads that are about this era of rebirth, of trying again, uh, about some successes, some missteps, and if it is the New Republic versus the Imperial Remnant, and it's not necessarily like a a full on war, but it, but a pretty big uh, a conflict. I think it could be the kind of storytelling that helps helps us understand the psychology of when the first order does start to emerge years later that people are like, no, no more. Uh, mm-hmm. the, we don't, we don't, we don't want, we don't want conflict. We don't even want to hear the word empire. We don't want to believe it's happening. Mm. We don't want to believe it's happening. That's always been the kind of idea, the, the resurgence of, of the ancient evil and uh, not even ancient, but like the, a lot of the, the real life history of between world war one and world war two of like, yep, a lot of things going not great over there with the Nazis. <laughs> we sure he's we're sure he's just saying that awful thing to get attention and get elected. We're sure he doesn't mm. actually mean that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we just had a generation slaughtered over this conflict, 
It was the war to end all wars. Let's not do this again. So I'm really interested in that. If it's a big conflict between the New Republic, hey, maybe Zeb and Boba Fett show up. Maybe Din or Ahsoka are the main character. Uh, I don't know. Uh, But I'm interested in that. It's a conflict between the New Republic in in a big Imperial remnant and big enough to be a movie. Yeah. Big scale, right? Uh, that's what I'm interested in. And that's the, I'm trying to focus on that because that's a concrete thing that's been said that it's about and not start picturing Avengers portals. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Boba Fett flying in, right? And that circular (laughs) shot of Ahsoka, uh, all of them. (laughs) Grogu. They all land. All eight of them land on a hill. Which, by the way, are very fun shots in Avengers movies and everything. I, I, this isn't a diss of those at all. I just, no, know. I love it. It's I, fun. I screamed my head off. It was just, it was successful. It yes. was extremely successful. Therefore, it became iconic. And things that are both successful and iconic can become easy to parody. Yes, and, absolutely. And that's, to me, what the portal scene is about. I want to hear about Black Chrysanthemum growl uh, yes. <laughs> and reveal that he's saying on your left great chrysanthemum showing up santy gonna be there too oh, oh man i can see it <laughs> especially with his new improved figure um <laughs> a lot of thoughts uh, and more to come on this movie here i'm sure but uh in the sake of moving on jen uh james mangold old jim mangold man this this guy's got an energy that is uh, I, I i'm on board with he, he's some he seems he seems uh Grumpy in, in, in the most entertaining ways, which I, I, I respect. Uh, he will write and direct a story set uh, 25,000 years before kind of the eras we're familiar with about the dawn of the Jedi. The dawn of the Jedi, the beginning of the Jedi, has been something that's been around for a bit. Uh, straight up and heard this is kind of where Benioff and Weiss might have been going for their project. Uh, oh, yeah. Truth of that, uh, who knows? But uh, this has been floating around because it just makes a lot of sense. But it seems like, and again, celebration's kind of crazy. It's crowded. I'm thinking about where my next long sandwich is at. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I haven't thought about. Think about it a week later. Uh, Joseph, am I wrong? And I, I was, I was going to go get a re I didn't ran out of the recap time. He, this was something specific to James Mangold uh, on the set of Indy going uh, talking to Kathleen Kennedy going, I, hey, I have a thought. Have we ever explored this kind of stuff? And I love that angle of it. So it's a, a movie idea that, yeah, this has been around. This makes a lot of sense, but it's someone's specific take on it. That's why I'm very excited week out from what uh, old Jim Mangold's going to do in Star Wars. You're not wrong. The uh, upper crust sandwiches are the best sandwiches in the world. Uh, no, I, I, I was so happy uh, <laughs> to share those uh, with Ken because I didn't know if that store would still be there. Anyway, uh, about the Jedi. Yeah, he, he talked about it passionately. And I think what Kathleen Kennedy has said consistently for a long time about we want people to tell Star Wars stories. We want to be uh, uh, respectful of the legacy, but we also want to push into the new and, and we want these to be personal. The The Star Wars films were personal to Lucas. And that was so clear in the presentation in, in the introduction. Uh, like we talked about, Charmaine uh, obed Chinoy really talked about that perspective of I think Star Wars is about uh, oppression uh, and the constant battle. And Filoni didn't really say a lot because we know <laughs> <laughs> right. why Filoni loves Star Wars. Uh, yeah. You know, this, uh, Open the long scroll of reasons Filoni loves Star Wars. But Mangold really described it as like, I was really interested in this era and this, this story popped into my head. 
mm-hmm. and talked about the kind of old biblical epics of, you know, the 50s, 60s and 10 commandments and that this idea of the force as a religion and how it could help in a chaotic time. So all of that really did feel like not like I got an assignment. It felt like it was yeah. totally coming from his beating heart, the the movies he grew up in and was fascinated by. It, and that was uh, uh, powerful and interesting. And I agree with your take, Ken. Awesome. Okay. I wasn't wrong. Okay. It was, was it a fever dream? I couldn't remember, but uh, Jen, <laughs> we're going back in time. Uh, what do you think about the, uh, this Mangold project? It's really specific that he said that it's a mixture of Ben-Hur and the Ten Commandments. <laughs> that is so specific. I immediately can start kind of envisioning what he's envisioning. Uh, and it makes me wish that the Cinerama Dome was still around. Maybe mm. it will get back in business because I think, what did I see? Did I see Ben-Hur there? Was it Spartacus? I can't remember. My dad. Yeah, my dad took me. He's like, you have to see this on this screen. It will blow your mind. And it did. And if they can do that with Star Wars, holy shit. Can you imagine the epic (laughs) scenes that they can have? The people who would maybe want to follow these Jedi, these magical beings, right? Who had these magical powers in their, in their mind. So, so fascinating. It also makes me fascinated that he's in the midst of making this big movie and he's like, I have an idea. Like you're, like you guys are saying, right? I mean, this is a guy who's a real, he's a real, uh, artist, real storyteller and he's coming up with these epic ideas. You got to shoot your shot when you get the chance. And I love that he did that. Yeah, yeah. And this is a guy that, you know, I think Joseph, you know, talked about, like, I'm not super familiar with his long Rolodex uh, of, of achievements, but uh, his IMDb resume, but I'm big, I am a big fan of, of, of Logan. And I was excited for some mm-hmm. of the rumored projects his name was associated with in the past that he'd straight up would deny Boba Fett movie. I'm not doing all that kind of stuff. Oh, but yeah. I don't know, for someone like him. It is similar, and there's there's times where I've had some issues with the the Tony Gilroy cult of Tony Gilroy factor. I have to admit that, but I I like that a, 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 an artist like him is like, oh yeah, I've I wasn't fan stars when I'm playing around with this world, but the fact that James Mangold had such a, a seemingly good time on Indiana Jones, we got to we're gonna talk about Indiana Jones. I got to see a six minutes of that film. I'm so excited, so excited for it for him to be like, this was fun. I want to do more, and I got this idea. What else you got for me? Like uh, that, that there's, there seems to be confidence in his involvement. Um, and yes, things, we always put the caveat out there. Things change. You can even do a nice emotional promo video and the movie doesn't get made. We've learned, <laughs> mm-hmm. We've learned. but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just something about all three of these projects that I said uh, in London. I'll say it now. There's, there seems to be a confidence behind the announcement this time that I'm excited about. Yes. I just want to say one last thing. James Mangold, I just learned this. He directed and wrote Girl Interrupted, the Winona Ryder, yeah, Angelina Jolie uh, movie. Mm. Fascinating. I love that movie. So it's Uh, really cool. I own it on digital video disc, which was a format. Oh, wow. Um, That's funny. Yeah, see, I just said, sometimes I just don't pay attention to that stuff as much as I used to. So that's fascinating. Right, right. Exactly. Well, that's my evening sorted. (laughs) (laughs) uh great 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 movie and great use of the song old 55 all right well um more to talk about here the the uh, new ahsoka trailer is here uh now we got to see an extended version with some stuff uh in the uh, convention but the the public is uh, shared pretty much 
Um, the same trailer outside of uh, a few select shots and re- revelations. But uh, we've got orange red blades in the hands of two new villains, Mary Elizabeth Winston as Hera, and so much Star Wars Rebels imagery, uh, including Professor Wang, who is ready to help Ahsoka uh, build it all again. And oh yeah, you know, Lars Mikkelsen is confirmed as Thrawn. That's a lot of information, Jen. How did you take it uh, on CouchCon? Mm, this one, I was, uh, yeah, this one gave me chills. Mm. Uh, seeing Mary Elizabeth Weinstead as uh, Hera, great, great casting. Uh, the music is really powerful, and the whole trailer kind of felt dark, which I like, but mm-hmm. I did show it to my seven-year-old, and she loved it. She wanted to watch mm. it a second time, and I think the reason why I was g- gave me chills and why I think she really enjoyed it is because there were so many different types of powerful women, mm. not just the heroes, but also the villains, and that is exciting. That's the kind of representation that that I want to see is not, you know, women can be not just martyrs, but they can also be these wonderful badasses and villains, um, mm. and my daughter loved the uh, the Lothcat uh, that was in the little, or was it, was it yeah, Lothcat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. She loved that. Um, but very, very excited for this one. And I, I, I had to look up the the actor um, who's one of the antagonists. I thought it was Pacey from Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Joshua Jackson. I was like, he looks oh. a lot older than I remembered him. <laughs> Not him. I can, yeah. I can actually see that. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. So that was my bad. My bad. But I love the yeah. world within worlds artwork and the title sequence. And it just it made me realize I was like, ooh, yeah, if if people and I'm gonna rewatch it again, Star Wars Rebels, you know, yeah. Clone Wars, all that stuff is really coming into play. And I saw a few people online that were like, Oh shoot, I, I better catch up on that stuff because <laughs> it's it's making its way into live action. I believe Floney said on some panel, confirmed again, like of course, you know, there's stuff here from Rebels and Clone Wars, but you don't have to watch them. Right. You can, the, it, much like Mandalorian, like you can watch the show and go, who's this Bo-Katan? It's not like mm-hmm. you're not understanding what's happening on Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It just fills in, you know, supports yeah. it all. No, right. I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, good stuff. And, and yeah, again, this is kind of the week out temperature check of it here. I'm with you, Jen. I, and I said this on our episode in London, but like I, I got emotional during this trailer and it had something to do with seeing the baddies, seeing Ray Stevenson and Ivana Sakna's characters revealed and uh, you know, Shin in uh, Balon. And, and, and there was something about that that made it epic. So I don't know. I can't fully explain it. It got me. And it was about just the, the, the star Wars galaxy and having characters like that, that need to be taken down and that, and that this isn't, I try to say it's respectful because I'm in the middle of a Rebels rewatch because I love that show and I can't wait for the search for Ezra. Cannot wait for it. But this is beyond that. And I never doubted that it would be beyond it. You know, I I, I just didn't... Rebels 2.0 made sense, yes, but I just... That couldn't just be the the whole purpose for this to me. And to have that kind of confirmed, I think, is what what got me. That that, That trailer... And with Kevin Kiner's music, which is part of it, Kevin Kiner and the Kiner brothers mm. are going to be putting yes. together this music and it just makes a ton of sense um, for, for them to continue this next part of the journey uh, with uh, Dave on this character. But I don't know. It, it just was that sweeping Star Wars feel that came over me. And it was about seeing the bad guys, seeing the the villains, 
mm-hmm. um, which is just made it uh, great. And then, uh, you know, as we know now, uh, intentional orangish red blades. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were joking that in, in, in the convention hall, I, I don't know, it seemed red and everyone thought it was red because you just you don't have time to think otherwise unless you see it right away. And I just did not see it right away. Um, but that's exciting too. Synthetic blades, are they something different? Uh, there's some um, callbacks to other maybe Star Wars publishing information. Um, I know that's a lot, of, a lot of theories out there. All will be mm-hmm. revealed in time. But a week out, Joseph, I, that's where I'm at. Uh, so excited for this, which is, um, I, I, I was already happy, but uh, I was surprised that, to my level of excitement. Yeah, this was a great uh, perspective check because, you know, when you're in the room, uh, as we were lucky to be at Star Wars Celebration, or even if you're just at CouchCon and you're uh, absorbing a news hit after news hit in a great way, it's different than like uh, if this trailer had just been announced randomly released on a Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I hadn't taken the time to sit and just really, really watch it. And I got even more excited. I was already excited for it, but it was great to just, sit and absorb just this and no other star wars news and one of the things that really spoke to me when i first saw it and i think it's even more powerfully there is yep this is featuring rebels characters this is the search for ezra i think those rebels characters are going to be well served but Mm -hmm. there's no doubt this is the ahsoka show and the way this trailer centers ahsoka in and specifically centers this idea that it starts with, uh, you know, something dark is coming. I know it. I feel it. I get the sense that Ahsoka is in this dark, confused time. But going back to the core of Ahsoka, like, but there's a problem. There's something dark. And if nobody else is going to do it, do something about it, I have to. And that's what she always comes back to in the, in, in wrestling with this core of, is she a Jedi? You know, mm-hmm. what should her path be? Is the, if, if people need help, I go help them. That's it. That's my whole philosophy. And the way that trailer seems to reinforce that, that there's this rising problem. Seeing the the orange-red baddies (laughs) just, uh, you know, cruelly taking out, uh, you know, New Republic officers and knowing that Ahsoka is going to fire up those blades to face off against them is really exciting to me. And then, yeah, Balin Skull and Shin Hati, I... This is the thing that buzzed just over my head, and uh, maybe some people will will gasp and spit out fluid. I, I was I was so uh, taken with all of the rebels stuff mm-hmm. of the orange red blades. I hadn't fully absorbed in that scene where Ahsoka is facing off against Balin. The backdrop is a a mortis world between worlds like space, and there's sort of excavation like machinery, like floodlights mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. equipment in the background of that space. So, mm-hmm. you know, between Mortis in, in Clone Worlds, War Between Worlds in Rebels, I'm so interested in Filoni continuing to explore that part of the Force that he really likes of the very weird, very mysterious, anything is possible through the Force. There are ancient spaces that can't fully be explained and understood. Mm-hmm. You, you, you embrace them up to the point that you can embrace them. But to me, the point of Mortis in the world between worlds is we can absolutely understand the thematic lessons. We can understand what our known characters go through, but they are otherworldly. They are more than we can possibly know. And that's really interesting and exciting to me that we might be encountering another one of those spaces. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. I, I finally did the, I watched Alex Damon's wonderful Star Wars Explained breakdown. He finally was like, you know, let me just do an old style frame by frame breakdown of the trailer. <laughs> very helpful to me. So Alex, if you're listening, thank you. Cause um, yeah, just, you, you just don't get a chance to do that uh, for a lot of great reasons, by the way. It's not like you're like, oh, I'm lost at celebration. You're like, that was great. Let's go get a pint and an f- action figure. Let's move on to the next thing. So <laughs> happens there, but you all know. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so before we take a quick break, we want to at least look at uh, something else uh, that was revealed. We mentioned it. Indiana Jones, yeah, he's definitely back. We know June 30th, Indiana Jones 5. Indiana Jones and Dial Destiny is out. And we got the full final trailer. We were uh, privileged to see about six minutes of the film, uh, big action sequence. I am in love with that sequence and, and was even having dinner last night with our buddy Mark Ellis, who's a big indie fan. and. He just was like, well, how was it? I don't want to know details, but how was it? It's, it's great. So uh, excited for that. Excited for what we're getting. Jen, uh, you know, wh- what's your thoughts here on Indy 5 and the, the news to emerge from that and the trailer itself? Oh, my gosh. This was really special. I was surprised by how moved I was after watching this trailer. It felt like a true blockbuster from back in the day that you have to see in the theaters. <laughs> this is no I mean, we love streaming shows, but this is one I got. I got to be in the movie theater with a popcorn in hand and a Diet Coke. Um, <laughs> Harrison Ford, like. I'm shocked. He, he is so present and and active, and I mean, and and he, I'm sure that there's a lot of things happening at, at conventions and things like that. But he definitely seems older in interviews and things like that, right? Boy, I don't know what he did for this movie, but he is like <laughs> he is indie, and it's just it's he still got it. It's just incredible. I think Phoebe Waller Bridge is a great addition. Um, and even though there's a lot of action, and I would love to see that sequence that you guys saw, uh, saw, I think it's really the emotional through line of these characters that is what's going to make it a true hit. This, I mean, this just, it has everything. Oh, I, I can't wait. I was surprised by how excited I got. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> like, did we drop out? I had my mic muted for the, the sniffles in my nose and my snoot. But, uh, yeah. um, I was just trying oh, to be oh. respectful and, uh, and, and let uh, Ken, Ken jump in there. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Um, no edits there. I uh, love that. Uh, yeah. No. Um, yeah. I, I'm without a doubt going to be excited. I'm someone who, who has re- recently revisited uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and, 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 and I absolutely like so much of that movie and there's some things that don't work, but I, I think it's an indie movie, man. And I uh, love this character. We're having so much fun uh, just launching the, the perilous podcast series on the Patreon page. And uh, it's been fun to dive into this character. In fact, uh, watch last crusade twice flying to London and flying back. Uh, wow. and, uh, love it so much. So this is, uh, I'm just excited. And yeah, Harrison looks great. He, you know, he even looks young in some shots. Oh, wait, yeah. technology coming in play here interesting mm-hmm. uh, um mm-hmm. yeah uh, i'm excited uh, and i have an indie hat i have an indie hat you know so i don't i usually don't get invited to premieres but if i do i'm wearing it i think i gotta wear that hat uh, i'll be one of many i'm sure but uh, just some, <laughs> your, your thoughts a week out from indy five uh, I will be chasing down some Indiana Jones action figures. Uh, that Forbidden Planet megastore in London was, uh, it, it was an absolute place of bliss and a place of torture because uh, mm-hmm. they had an 
they had all the Indiana Jones figures just, just hanging there on the shelf. Wow. No pre-orders, no internet. I held two of them in my hand and tried to decide, but I only had so much room left yeah. <laughs> in my heist uh, action figure carry-on <laughs> bag. Uh, so it pains me to put down Indiana Jones, but I'm getting I'm getting an action figure and taking it to the premiere while you wear your hat if we uh, if we get to go. Love, um, love it. Yeah, th- th- it was really. This trailer was also really great to just sit and watch this morning and just absorb. It's a powerful trailer. I think it's one of the maybe the better constructed trailers that I've seen mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. It, it does it does totally put across the blockbuster. Uh, but it back to the eighties popcorn and diet coke time, <laughs> which is great. But it is so well constructed to let you know the emotional stakes of the film. Exactly. It is a review of who Indiana Jones has been, what his life has been. Mm-hmm. There is a sense of his legacy being at stake. Everything in the beginning is this great sense of Indiana Jones is a, is a, is a person out of time, which I think all of us feel as we get older, but particularly as we reach the end of, of our lives and the world has just changed so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've certainly, you know, known older people who are like, yeah, I'm good. That's just I'm 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 out of this, this world doesn't make yeah. any sense to me anymore. You know the Rolling Stones uh, are playing. Yeah, there's those clips of him being around people excited about space exploration. You know, and, yeah. and you get this this idea of like if he was 40 years younger, he'd be like, wow. But he's been an archaeologist. He's been digging into the past and the earth for history. And yeah. now all the kids want to go into the new and the sky. He's riding a horse in a subway station. Yeah. Uh, it is so about a a person reaching the end of their journey in the in the world changing around them. There's a there's a great John Wayne movie uh, called the the Shootist where he's kind of trying to hang on to the old ways. And there's a shot near the end where uh, the world's changing. And he and he walks by a car and there's just a look on his face like oh, I'm ready to die. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this is. You know, uh, and and not not that India is is negative about that, but it's like it's the it's the end of the journey and it's looking back. Yeah. And then this great energy from the the goddaughter character uh, mm-hmm. uh, Helena, right? Yeah, yeah, Helena. Yeah. Um, in, in her dialogue, and not no spoilers from the clip we saw, but it's there too. But in the trailer, it suggests that she's really aware and reckoning with what is the hunt for objects. There, there's mm-hmm. the joke in there about, well, you stole it for me, you stole it for me, yeah, and then I stole it from you. It's called capitalism. Uh, but a sense that there's going to be reckoning with what is the role of archaeology, what is what is theft, mm-hmm. what is preservation, mm-hmm. and then the supernatural being referenced too. Of in, in Indy goes through his adventures and like pretty practical guy, good with a horse, good with a gun, good with a book, and then and then sometimes they're ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. And the fact that he's he's reckoning with that too, and the movie is reckoning with that. Of I've seen things, been tortured with the voodoo. It's it's just this this great checklist of what makes Indiana Jones special, and feels like the movie is saying we're going to reckon with all of it. Mm-hmm. A reckoning is coming. Yeah, excited, excited. Yeah, we landed on the moon. I, I I met interdimensional beings. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. All right, all right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we are going to come back with uh, some more celebration news. We'll roll through it there. Uh, before we do, we have a four center recommends an audiobook We think you and perhaps even us. Should try out on us. <laughs> what do we have? Let's try out Battle Scars, the yeah. book that's staring me in the face. Uh, let's see if we can read it before the video game that it's setting mm-hmm. up comes out. Excited to check that one out. Yeah, check it out. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All right, we'll be back after this quick break to discuss more celebration news. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to Force Center. Looking at the news, we got celebration news that we didn't get to or maybe took a quick swing through on our final episode. So we're here, and Jen, of course, we want you to take uh, more, uh, most importantly, uh, Bad Batch will be back for a third and final season. We did uh, get a little bit of a chance to discuss this. Uh, it was um, um, a pleasant uh, announcement, uh, not quite a, a surprise. This made a lot of sense. Uh, there was some doubt. You never know. The, the landscape of streaming, animation. It would be the first time an animation shows maybe been shelved when some stuff was done or video games or movies. We've seen this before. But to get the official announcement that it is back, but it is also the final season, uh, something that I personally 
kind of enjoying a way, meaning that these storytellers are going to get to tell their story completely. And that's kind of comforting. But Jen, your relationship with the Bad Batch, the third season and the final season. Thoughts on that? I'll keep it brief. I need to get through the second season. <laughs> I'm, yep. I am not. Yeah, I have not. I've not. I've only watched, I think, one episode. It's terrible. Mm. And I know that something something really big has has happened um it, it, right I, I don't know mm-hmm. uh, it's fine if you spoil it i don't no. I, i'm accepting my fate um but it's one where i was like oh i'll catch up with it and then i haven't but it's it's on my list especially just judging from how excited people were that the season three has been announced i'm like all right mm-hmm. all right and i mean i love the first episode that i saw back uh yeah. but it's just a matter of time <laughs> no yeah fair and great honest answer there joseph yeah, just very excited for this. The second season does end on a, a cliffhanger. That's the only spoiler I'll say. So I really, really wanted the completion. I wanted to spend more time with these characters because I think the era is great. I think the storytelling is great, but the characters are just also fun to spend time with. Uh, I, I don't think this is a spoiler because it's the thematic. I feel like the show has been building toward not just telling the story of these clones, but really telling the story of the clones. They they mm-hmm. were honorable people. They were unique in the force and they were used as pawns. So we got to root for them in the Clone Wars, but with an asterisk because mm-hmm. we knew they were being used. Now they're totally free to make their own choices. And I feel like ultimately this show is going to be this great uh, three chapter, three season story of the clones a- a- as a group making their final choices of who they want to be. And then obviously several of them continue into Rebels and yeah, still plenty more storytelling to do, but it, it really feels like let's honor the clones. And I'm excited there's going to be a complete story that does that. Yeah, and, and this series all the way through it, but definitely in the beginning had the this thing that you and I kept saying on our reviews, Joseph, of you know a, a tour around the galaxy at the time of this switch in regimes, the oppression kind of hitting. And I think it does, did do that and asked to, our characters and ourselves of who are you in that and, and, and the changes. But at the end of the day, yeah, this is really turned into this, that, that, that theme is still present, but it's turned into what you're saying. Like this big kind of issue of the clones in star Wars story wise, plot wise, theme wise. Um, let's tell that story. Let's maybe put a tragic and sad bow on it in a way. And maybe some of the characters, like you said, have absolutely go on and maybe there's more, things to, to deal with but the, the big picture of it um it's important to the star wars story especially because you know the clones i don't know pretty big in terms of the star wars storytelling <laughs> they're, they're spotting it so uh we don't know when it's coming back if i'm recalling right to 24 was it 2020 yeah I, I did i did try to do kind of a wrap-up of what was actually announced for timeline and bad batch season three is 2024 acolyte is confirmed 2024 mm. uh right. ahsoka august Skeleton crew, I could not find accurate, solid Lucasfilm said 2023 or 2024. So I think Skeleton crew, um, maybe I missed it, uh, hmm. but I think that one is still not, it's rumored. I don't think Lucasfilm has said this is when it's coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe you're right on that. I do, uh, well, I toss some Skeleton crew stuff in there, but I don't think a lot of it got outside of the convention or panel Mm-mm. other than discuss. So Jen, I don't think you probably no. heard a lot of it, right? Okay. No. When yeah, I, there's I th- especially when that becomes more where you can actually see it, not just have us tell you what it is. I really interested in your perspective 
Um, you are you are more than a parent, but your your perspective as a parent is very important to us here at Force Center. And that this series, not just about kids, but kind of life with kids in the galaxy mm. at this time, was one of my favorite kind of revelations in the talking about it. This Amblin feel down to uh, a shot on a hill with neighborhoods and a light and kids. Oh my gosh! Flashlights. Um, oh, so I gotta see it. I forgot to put a note here, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, Joseph's right. It did not uh, go out to the public. So it it really captured that great wonder, terror of being young and yes. needing and wanting to explore and seeing things that that expand your perspective. But the utter fear of we don't know what we're doing. We didn't mean to do that. How do we end up here? Oh uh, wow! There, there are parents who are. Uh, really selling the show, putting it over because the parents are terrified about where their kids are. Oh uh, and they talked about like, this is a show featuring kids, but just like some of those classic Amblin films, it's not just for kids, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, that gets me excited. E.T. Awesome. is one of my oh, most favorite films ever. So, oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. love it. There's, there's some shots that just make you go, oh yeah, E.T., Um, Well, some stuff that did come out um, and uh, we talked a lot about Leslie Headland and the Acolyte and and the the reveal uh, trailer that's not yet public. That is, uh, you know, if you're looking for (gasps) winners of the convention, it's still my big winner. The Acolyte Mm. footage is my favorite thing to come out of uh, the convention. But uh, we're trying not to. We can describe it as best we can. It's not even that we want to withhold information or, or keep it a secret for those who were uh blessed to see it it's just that I, it just i can't describe it uh, enough to fully <laughs> we all mm. um so it's good but one of the, the news stories and, and joseph i do not remember if we got a chance to discuss this so remind me if we did uh this is a high republic show wasn't this uh, pitched like that uh, by leslie but they were like hey you want to do a show in this timeline um 50 years or so before phantom menace you're at this smack dab in the square end of the High Republic era. So it's high, being called a High Republic show. And I think that's more accurate now than he, I think even I thought um, a year or so ago. And a High Republic character, Vanestra Rowe, will be in the show. An older version of her. She is a uh, young, I think, what, thir- 16 range when we meet her? 16, girl. yeah. Uh, in phase one of High Republic. And she'll be played by Rebecca Henderson, Leslie Hedlund's wife. So that was some news that was revealed at the High Republic publishing panel. Um, so, Joseph, I'll start with you. Uh, your thoughts on, on on this announcement and confirmation? Yeah, I think we we did talk about it, uh, but you know, quickly on a boat. So, more than happy to uh, revisit it. Uh, th- there's a there's a great uh, picture, I think, in the acolyte of how all the timeline stuff works, how pitching mm-hmm. to Kathleen Kennedy works up to a point. Uh, Leslie Hillen has talked a lot about she had this idea that like we're talking about with uh, Mangold and with Charmino bed of like, I'm a star Wars fan. This is what's interesting to me. I want to play around with the, the bad guys perspective. Mm-hmm. What's it like for them when everywhere they turn their Jedi and their mm-hmm. existence is sort of threatened and they're hiding in the shadows, but they want things. Um, and the discussion being, Ooh, interesting. We, we really like that. This is where that story should go. Mm-hmm. So that, that, the creator Leslie Headland is coming at it from this is the story I want to tell. This is the perspective I'm interested in. And then the rest of the team goes, where does this make sense? So it's a, mm-hmm. a real yes. And process. Mm-hmm. And, and that was uh, that general process was referenced a couple times. So Favreau really uh, uh, mm-hmm. complimented Filoni for doing that of the answer to an idea is always yes. 
And then there's always the, now, how do we make it work? It can work. Anything can work, but we do have to be careful about where and when it works. So uh, to me, the way I kind of process it is Leslie Headland didn't go like, I'm going to do a high Republic show. It was, Hey, this is where it fits. If we're, if we're telling the story there anyway, people love these books. Why not? You know, the Cobb Vanth seal has been broken. Anything (laughs) goes, you know, um, that's the yeah. way it, it, it felt to me and the fact that they held it back for yeah. the publishing panel, which was thousands of people who were like, yeah, no, the, the, the books are not are never going to be as big as the movies. That's just mm-hmm. life that our, our current culture. But they care. It's their Star Wars. For some people, it's the biggest part of Star Wars. So to have them. Um, be felt and and seen and respected by saying, yep, it's not just a yeah, 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 it's in the High Republic. One of the core characters taking her from her youth to her old age in, in, in a dark time in the galaxy is is a reward for readers. Absolutely is. Have some thoughts on that, but Jen, want to um, get in here? I know uh, I, I, from remembering right, High Republic is uh, also on your list of things to find uh, time in life for. Uh, but <laughs> yes. Here with it. Any thoughts on this? Yeah, I went to the Wikipedia page for Vernestra Rowe, and it's so freaking long. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm like, okay, all right, this is a this is a whole community within the Star Wars community, right? And mm-hmm. they're and like you're saying, this is this is for some people, this is their Star Wars, and I think it's wonderful that they are being rewarded in this way. And I think we probably don't have to read the High Republic to get it, but it's always helpful to have that little bit of backstory sometimes just to be able to enjoy it, just to compliment your viewing experience. Um, I love Hes- Leslie Headland's approach to this series, that she loves Star Wars, but she wants to examine the flaws, right, of the Jedi as well. She mentioned Ryan Johnson. Uh, she mentioned the prequels. She just, she gets it. And that's what we love about her. Um, I saw a clip from the interview with Rebecca Henderson and Jodie Turner-Smith at Celebration on mm. the live stage. Mm. And both are really excited about the project, about their roles. They couldn't say too much, obviously. But I, I like that they talked about the scope of the sets for this series um, and how surreal it felt to be in these settings, in their costumes, on location. And, and I think Jodie Turner-Smith said... High high budget, a lot of money went into this show. And I think that's wonderful, right? I think it's going to really show on screen. We saw it with Andor. Um, and I, I really, I can't wait. I'm really excited about this one. I, I can't wait for people to see that trailer. I, I, the fun mm-hmm. I cannot wait. It? It's mind blowing. It, it, oh. it, it's so good. And to hear that, yeah, we talk, you know, we talk a little bit about budgets around here. And, we, you know, there was a whole pandemic thing that kind of made it hard to film some stuff there. Uh, there was a weirdness revelation. Uh, I think I heard some of this before, but like the final shot of Andor was like, I think the one way out jumping off scene or something like that. And they're like, yeah, Tony Gilroy was directing from uh, uh, New York <laughs> on a monitor because oh he couldn't be there. Um, we're, we're merging from that and, and the acolyte footage. I just, I, 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 we, what well, we only saw it once, right, Joseph? <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm like dying that I, that's it. I, and I don't want to go search out the pirated footage. I just won't. Um, even though I like Gory and Shard, I won't do that. And uh, Jen, I just can't wait for you and others to see it. And it's just, it's just marvelous. It's just marvelous Star Wars footage. It's, it's, oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it, just the thrill of Jedi everywhere, lightsabers everywhere. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss, you know, the star of the Matrix, 
making you feel like it's 1999 again in the Matrix and the Phantom Menace and that level of commitment to the action. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and as far as the inclusion of this character, it's, uh, it's a wonderful choice. There's a lot of characters from the High Republic that could uh, fit in, and I think there's something of Vernestra uh, where we meet her. She's a point-of-view character for me, at least in that Phase 1 um, era. No, Phase 2 goes back in time. Uh, so it's a great choice. Uh, I'm excited to see it. And uh, again, one of the, the, the clips of, of Leslie talking on that stage with Kristen Baver of just like, I came up in an era where uh, Leslie says Star Wars saved my life, but a lot of it was what I had was the books. I had the movies, but that's that was it for terms of media other than the books and the comics and the expanded universe. And that's why she's such a fan of it. Um, not just that she's there to pull in things like that or characters show up. It's just that she is really respectful of that's what, I had, and that's what we yeah. had. And she feels the High Republic spiritually is carrying that on a lot of way, even though, as she said too, we're blessed, we're spoiled with Star Wars media. High Republic seems to have that kind of vibe. New characters, different era, learning new things, but familiar stuff. And so it just made sense. She got this show, pull a character forward from it, and I have a feeling that might not be the only one, uh, but it's a great choice, and, 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 and it's purposeful both in the, seems the story, but also just even as like you said, Joseph, honoring that side and those fans who mm-hmm. are engaged by the High Republic. So, great decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that emerged was Tales of the Jedi Season 2 is in the works with Dave Filoni bringing more stories. He just simply said, I had so much fun doing it, I wanted to do more. He's pretty busy, but these are shorts uh, with a wonderful team behind him, so I'm excited about this. We've been talking about this, Joseph. We get questions every now and then about what other uh, Tales of Jedi stories would, would we want? But Jen, we'll start with you. Um, we don't know much yet about the what will come. Uh, I don't think we, we even need to. It'll be wonderful shorts. Uh, but what do you, what do you think uh, about this and, and stories we might get or that you might want to see? I actually have no idea. I really loved. I really loved the first season. I loved the Ahsoka ones specifically. Um, so it's hard for me to imagine where they're going to jump in the timeline. Right? Who knows? Yeah, and one of the things about it is 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 because a lot of it starts with the mind and and pen of of, of Dave. Uh, mm. I think he's very much uh, interested in all areas of Star Wars. But obviously, is a is a great understanding and focus of of the Clone Wars era or, or characters like Ahsoka and Dooku. I, I imagine we might not get just simple continuations of the stuff we got before. But sometimes, even when imagine, and Joseph and I have discussed her here on the show before. Yeah, there's Luke and Ben. There's all these kind of wonderful choices that you could go to. Um, I I would like to see them go that way, but I I don't know. Having not spoken with the the in, in more than one sentence drunk at Comic Con with the man in the cowboy hat, um, I I I don't know where he wants to take them, and that's why it's it, you're right. It's hard to predict, even if you're just having fun. Yeah, yeah. I I think that he yeah I I think he's interested in the the genesis of the the first season was I got this one idea about Ahsoka's you know, in her village, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what all what all uh, spills out from that. Ahsoka and Dooku can be seen to have a similar path. Let's compare and contrast them. But then on a real functional level, I feel like he's a, a deep Star Wars lore uh, aficionado. And at this uh, at this point, kind of a, a guardian <laughs> in a good way yeah, yeah. of Star Wars lore. And he is the kind of uh, creator who I think you can tell that he is still a fan. And if 
he did not have the opportunity to tell us what happened to Yaddle, he'd be sitting at home (laughs) doing his work going, what happened to Yaddle? Why won't anybody tell me what happened to Yaddle? And he's in a position to tell us what happened to Yaddle. And, and for me and to show us Dooku's path and to show us here's here, I know it's controversial that he uh, adapted the novel Mm -hmm. of Ahsoka, but I think that was an important point on her journey for him to put on screen. Mm-hmm. So I think about what characters are dangling, what moments are dangling, what m- characters does Filoni have uh, an attachment to or will perhaps help buttress mm-hmm. stories he has been telling or is going to tell. So that in mind, I think Barris Offee is a possibility because there is mm-hmm. a big what happened to Barris Offee right. question. Yeah. I think uh, there's a possibility of doing something with Tar Vizsla. Now that the Darksaber and this idea of Grogu as a Jedi Mandalorian, what does that mean? The idea of finally going back and playing a little bit with Tar Vizsla, maybe. Uh, Maybe there's more stellar to be done with Kanan. I think the fact that that Filoni is is, uh, with Favreau dealing with Luke Skywalker in, in the steps to start a new Jedi Order, I don't think Ben Solo is out of the question. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, a lot, a lot of opportunities. We talked about uh, previously Padme. There's a lot to be said about Padme, and I, I, I got the silly feeling that Dave, a little bit of remorse, like uh, season seven, not a ton of her. I wanted to make sure we had some, but uh, it just wasn't the way it worked out. So uh, I think there's some stuff there, like the Canaan stuff. I, 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 I've been thinking more about that. There's, there's some maybe some younger Canaan drunk cowboy Kanan that we kind of met in uh, um, New Dawn stuff that era could be interesting as well. Some uh, Kanan and Hera stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Before the family forms, so to speak. So a lot of options. Yeah. yeah. Speaking about fans wondering where, where happened, where a character went or what happened to him. There, there's that whole Jason Sindula thing. I don't think, oh, yeah. I don't oh, think it's yeah. going to be like a, you know, remember when there used to be like sitcoms and they just decided to get rid of one, one of the kids. Like we got had too many kids in the first couple episodes. One of them went up to the attic yeah. and just never came back. Don't worry about it. Uh, I don't, I think Jason Sindula, this might be a way to deal with Jason Sindula. Yeah. Yes. That's a good point there. Um, more than anything, I'm just excited that more on the way. I really enjoyed them and their beautiful, beautiful pieces of animation. Uh, all right, quickly, here's some notes here. Star Wars Visions Volume 2. I don't want to skip over Visions Volume 2. I don't want to give that impression. I did watch the trailer. I really liked it. I, with Visions, it's for me, just something where I sit back and enjoy it. Uh, and I, I see what's there thematically in the characters. And I love that there's fans around it. Um, but, you know, I, I have to be honest and say I didn't engage with Volume 1 as much as others. Um, so, uh but this trailer got a lot of people, talked to a lot of people in the convention hall for the, this and um, people like Alex Damon, Alden Diaz, Nikki Kumar, and they they were pulled in. They were emotionally grabbed by this and uh, having seen the trailer, I can get why. Uh, beautiful stuff, different stuff, and funny stuff. Uh, the Walls and Gromit team in there, right, doing some things as well. So Jen, your thoughts on Visions Volume 2 if you spend any time with I'm really excited about this one. Um, this is the one where I usually show my my seven-year-old. Um, it's just the right amount of Star Wars for her to get into it. But there were a few shorts, like I'm Your Mother, and there was another one where I was like, ooh, if they could make this into a feature film so I can take my kids to the theaters to go watch a movie, because <laughs> right now there's not a lot for kids. Super Mario Brothers, which I loved. We need more. I want a Star Wars. Why not? A Star Wars movie like that, right? That would be really, really interesting. Uh, I, wonder, yeah. I can't wait for I Am Your Mother. 
Yeah, and 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 Joseph, help me for this. Was it our pals Alden and Nikki, or some someone was in there, uh, maybe even in the press uh, uh, section afterwards, asking questions? And there that there is a the, one of the themes running through a lot of these is the relationship to mother, because they are aware that there wasn't as much in stars. I can't remember if I'm dreaming that or not. <laughs> I, I think uh, we they showed the "I Am Your Mother" short, and pretty much everybody who who saw it said it lived up to its title. Gotcha. Uh, being aware of that uh, sometimes the the father relationship in Star Wars can really, really get uh, emphasized. And, and we've long talked about wanting and needing more stories of, of mother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That sounded really weird the way I phrased it. I, I need stories of mother. <laughs> mother, 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 mother. <laughs> Please give me stories of mother. Uh, <laughs> But there, there, everything about the panel and the uh, that short and the trailer was positive. I didn't get a chance to watch this short in, until this morning, mm-hmm. and I really, really enjoyed Visions. I really enjoyed our the first season. I really enjoyed uh, Ken. I think we did two episodes and kind of broke them broke them all down, and and I really enjoyed watching them, diving into them. There's a there's a couple that were my favorites, and I've rewatched those when it's like I got. I got to eat breakfast, but I got 15 minutes and I just want to watch something and I want to feel Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed rewatching Visions as having just kind of this little bite-sized Star Wars mm-hmm. to watch that isn't um, a random episode of Clone Wars that then makes me rewatch that entire season. Right, right. Uh, and, and this trailer is just, it's lightsabers and lots of them. I think the power of Visions is an idea is to just bring everything back to forget canon Forget how this might connect. This is just about an essential love of moods, images, core ideas, and I'm looking forward to that experience again. Uh, I am. I am as well. I am as well. Uh, always approach things with a wide open Star Wars heart. Uh, all right, two final. No- We're going to get through this. Two final notes. Uh, Return of the Jedi. You've heard of it. It's in this 40th year uh, celebration. Um, it is back in theaters. This was announced. There was a very cool poster release that we actually saw in person. Some people showed us. Uh, April 28th through May 4th in the U.S., April 28th through uh, May 1st in the U.K. Tickets on sale, select theaters. I think there's some other regions as well. Uh, I would love to try to do this. Love to try to see it. We'll see if schedule permits. But, uh, Jen, you see that poster? And are you taking your kids to see Return of the Jedi? Oh, I'm really torn. I really want to take them. I think my three-year-old might be a little bit too young. There were some parts in Super Mario Brothers that made her a little scared. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, maybe I'll take my seven-year-old. But uh, I mean, wow. I, I really want to see it. Maybe I'll go by myself. Maybe I'll just have a <laughs> mom morning show, right? Something, because I got to celebrate this back in theaters. Uh, love that. Love that indeed. Uh, Joseph, uh, same with you. you you're taking, um, taking your action figure and your kids. So taking a, a little man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, quick celebration story. Uh, Molly and Alex Damon were posting wonderful pictures of Biggs and Grogu as they started their London adventures. They're like, that's great. I could bring an Obi-Wan Kenobi and take him out of the package and take pictures of him places. And one of the places that uh, Ken and myself and Grace and Sarah went was this old pub. And I try 400 year old pub beautiful place and i tried to take a picture of obi-wan kenobi sitting on my beer without the bartender noticing but jennifer she came back in just as i was taking the picture of obi-wan kenobi and she said oh you have a little man (laughs) (laughs) and she said it like she didn't know what an action figure was like she'd never like i have no words for what that is i i I, why do you have a little man uh so we've been referring to obi-wan as and as we're going 
around on our trips. So I'd see something and Sarah'd be like, do you want to take a picture with little man? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's amazing. I amazing. love that. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So I might take little man. <laughs> yeah. Little man to El Capitan is the return of the Jedi. <laughs> I hope you do. All right, final news story. Uh, Star Wars Celebration, it's returning in 2025 to Japan, which are the Celebration 2008, I think, was held there. Uh, so a lot of people are already asking, uh, are we going? It, uh, we, it's a big, solid, excited maybe. There's a lot of factors. But man, I wasn't sure if I was going to get to London for, for many reasons. And we got there, and it was uh, a brilliant, wonderful time. So, uh, you know, we're trying, Joseph. We're trying, trying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it has to be the official answer, but in in my heart, the answer is yes. The yes. intent is yes. Uh, it was a wonderful experience uh, being at Star Wars Celebration in London. And at first, I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's a lot. That's time. That's expense. Can we do it? Uh, and I had a little bit of a uh, of Luke on Dagobah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it can't be done. But to just be real honest for a second. Sarah and I were in London together when we were engaged yeah. 17 years ago wow. at the beginning of our lives together, living in a tiny uh, bedsit, didn't, didn't even have its own bathroom. We had a shared bathroom in the hall like we were in college, but it was exciting because we were starting our lives together. We loved London and we said, we're going to come back and life got in the way and we just didn't for 17 years. Mm. And there was a power that, Star Wars and Force Center is what it finally brought us back. Mm. And I'm I'm really holding that in my heart. I've never been to Tokyo, <laughs> never been to Japan. Uh, and the idea of letting Star Wars, letting Force Center be something that leads me and us to new adventures and, and leads us to places that we might not go otherwise because that's the accelerant we need. Mm -hmm. That's the mood I'm in right now. So in my heart, it is yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Same, That's same beautiful. Thing. Yeah. So, uh, Jen, uh, pack up your bags now. We're going. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's been a lifelong dream of mine to to go to Japan. Uh, I've mm -hmm. wanted to go, and it's very expensive. It's a very long flight. Uh, yeah. But if it can you know, somehow happen, that would be incredible. Yeah. So, uh, same same boat there. All right. Well, I know it's a supersized uh, episode of news, but I always like to do the This Week in Star Wars History, looking ahead to Star Wars past. And um, hey, it's my birthday this week, but more importantly, <gasps> it is Yay. our Five Rebel birthday. And on April 20th, a day after mine, April 20th, 1964, Andy Serkis was born. Though, of course, he'll be known forever as the man who portrayed Gollum in The Lord of the Rings, uh, as he should, as well as King Kong and uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong and many other things. Star Wars fans have had two chances to enjoy his work in this galaxy of stories. First, of course, as Snoke, now as Kino Loy, and Andy Serkis is enjoying his performance as Kino Loy. He had a lot of fun uh, showing up <laughs> at the convention on the big stage and people chanting uh, one way out. It was uh, the Kino 5 costumes are wonderful and the shirts they sold are itching. But Joseph, you and I both had similar actions of this <laughs> we're celebrating the the, the escape and, and the one way out of it all because it's it's my favorite three favorite episodes of the series 
But yeah, okay, yeah, a lot of prisoners, imperial prisoners walking around the convention hall. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Some without shoes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. God bless him for his, his his dedication. Justin and I are leaving and he was walking in. No shoes. It's a cold, oh. rainy day in London. God bless him. Oh. Cold, rainy day. Stones everywhere. Yeah. And, and oh uh, when Andy Circus came out on stage for, for the end with the Andor season two group, at one point it was like, on program. And at first I was like, yeah. But like, I don't know if I want to be doing okay. that. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh my gosh so, uh, qu- quickly what are some of our favorite <laughs> moments with these two characters and here's a thought which one do you think we might see again in star wars storytelling or maybe it's which one do you think we'll see first uh next in star wars storytelling jen oh my gosh well i'm happy that we're seeing andy circus's face i love seeing actors faces <laughs> i've been talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah. pedro pascal and andy circus now he's now is having his moment with kino loy um i loved snoke in the last jedi when you know in the force awakens i was not really on board with the character i loved him i loved his scenes with kylo ren with ray just everything about it. it's just he's just so evil but a modern day evil which i appreciate um yeah. Ah, I want to see him back as Kino Loy, but how could he? Could there be flashback scenes in Andor the second season? I don't know. I don't know. But we'll, yeah. we'll get him back somehow, or maybe Snoke. Maybe that will be the the tales of the yeah. Jedi. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, no. I, I, I you know, um, the fact that he was there was certainly celebrating the character. But you know, I, I, I'm happy either way. If that's if that's his end, and we don't know, and we spend our lives wondering what happened to Kino Loy, great. Or if he shows up. And, you know, Andor turns around and Kino's like, I made it. I'm a general. Like, I'm, I'm hot because I just, I was moved by the character. But here's my thought. I want, I want to pitch it to you, Joseph. Like, yes, yeah, especially now that we've got, you know, Brendel Hux is uh, showing up in Mando. We got this, it's yeah. not these direct connections, but we're definitely getting into this new Republic era where maybe some answers reveal. And I, I just was like, I can't believe I hadn't really thought about this before, but a young Snoke with hair. Like we could get him back as Snoke sooner than later. <laughs> mm, sure. Yeah. I had not really thought about that. And uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I'd love him is Snoke, the uh, Skywalker. I assume I wrongly. Uh, just such great delivery. Uh, everything about that Snoke scene, uh, all the Snoke scenes in the last Jedi, it was written well by Ryan Johnson to mm-hmm. have him be an actual menace, but to still be mm-hmm. in that tradition of arch over the top uh, villains, it, mm-hmm. yes. kill you with the cruelest stroke. Yes. Uh, and, and Andy Serkis played it to give it all this realism, you mm-hmm. know, that was powerful to me. So I'd be happy to see Snoke back. I would be happy for Keno Loy to survive because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, hope's nice. Uh, I also think that was a beautiful, beautiful story, and I'd be happy for it uh, to be by itself. I know some people are like, is it possible that they just, they had this one prisoner lying around, and they used his DNA to make Snoke? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the revelation that uh, will be revealed when Snoke can't swim, and everybody's like, let's get on. But with all the cloning story, there's cloning storytelling going on in the Bad Batch, which at this point has been written a long time ago for them to be this far in in the animation process. Mm. There's cloning stories going on in the Mandalorian confirmation with a a, a Hux talking about Project Necromancer. So I do think we are building toward the possibility of someday seeing young Snoke and seeing if Luke gives him those scars across his head. 
Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, see, that's, that's good. Yeah, as far as some of my favorite moments, uh, never more than twelve is is absolutely one of my favorite stories moments, as is for a lot mm. of people. Just because it was like, as you're walking in the hall, you're just like, say it, say it, say it, yes, and it, it's fist pumping in a in a wonderful way. And I'm with both of you, yeah. Especially after Force Awakens, I was like, yeah, okay, that's all we got, and I understand the point, and we'll see. And I just love the gold robes, the slippers, the ring, the hand on Ray's face, just the, the horrible, creepy vibe, and the little moments there. Uh, and his death, I love it all. So Andy Serkis, uh, a true talent, happy to have him in Star Wars, and you know, happy to maybe have more of them. So that is it for this week. We're our out of here. Supersized catch up news edition. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod or on Instagram and Facebook. Our page uh, there is Force Center Podcast. Uh, Hive Social if you want. And YouTube. Don't forget we have a uh, episode of uh, Figure Fights with uh, Alex and Molly that was released uh, while we're in London. So uh, catch up with that one. It's a very fun episode. And uh, check that out on YouTube. Podcast available on Acast, iHeartRadio, and a lot of spots. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash four center and patreon.com slash four centers. We can join and support us directly. And yes, we are so close to getting that goal of a uh, Jennifer Landa led happy beeps, Jedi beeps, reborn Jedi beat, reborn. Type of thing. <laughs> Jedi beeps. <laughs> Jedi beeps. Maybe that's the name. Maybe that's the name. Jedi beeps. Uh, there you go, everybody. For me, follow me at Ken Napsack, Ken Napsack.com. That's where you can get more information. Other things I do, including my ASMR channel, sports card ASMR, my music radio show, pop rock and radio and a whole lot more. Uh, Joseph, where can they follow you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Grimshaw. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm trying to be on uh, Mastodon. And, and uh, Am I trying to be on Hive? I don't know. This is a moment of truth that you're listening to. <laughs> it turns from a plug into some self-examination. How many are too many? Anyway, at Joseph Scrimshaw, look for me on social media. I uh, got some more stuff coming on my YouTube page, including a lot of not unboxing videos from all of the action figures I deliriously and happily purchased in the UK. That's it for me. There you go, Jen. The reels, the, the TikToks, the TikToks, <laughs> as I sometimes say, they're uh, they're coming still. Where can they find it, Paul? Yes, you can find me on TikTok at Jennifer Landa eleven thirty eight, uh, YouTube, Instagram, and now Lemon Eight because why not at another social media platform <laughs> at Jennifer Landa. Oh yes, it's like a new Instagram, but from the TikTok people. Oh, oh. did they announce this yeah. when we're in London? Did I, this is another thing I missed. Oh no. Yes, they did actually. Yes, they did. It's, it's very like <laughs> oh, picture cool. oriented, you know, all okay. photos and stuff like that. I like pictures. All right, all right, I'll check it. out. All right, that is it this week, my friends. We'll see you soon. Uh, that is it for Force Center. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 